Yes, hello. I am James Rodens, and today it's the Dublin R474. It's our eighth anniversary show. I'm not alone. I've a pleasure to be joined by the entire Dublin R. Up first by my side for every WWE and AEW show is, of course, the fantastic Jaxi Scarlett. Jaxi, how are you doing? And happy anniversary. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. Happy anniversary, WNR. It's great to actually be back. It's been a bit of a break for us all. You know, a good, healthy break. Um, but happy to be back and happy to be uh, celebrating again, uh, yet again, another anniversary. I shall address that, actually, the elephant in the room. We've had emails. People have asked if the podcast stopped. And no, no, it hasn't. We just had a little break. Nope. Um, wasn't meant to be uh, three weeks. <laughs> it ended up being that. Uh, so, nope. hey. <laughs> You know, yeah. stuff happens. Like, Life, happens. Life happens. So, yeah, but it's good to be back with everyone. You know, as you said, you've got the entire team. So let's bring on the uh, the next uh, host um, and introduce them again. Yeah, we're about shadow of a doubt. Up next, our resident NXT expert and of New Japan deity. It is Monty. How's it going, man? Holding on, man. Holding on. But no, happy to be here at the same time. Uh you know, to celebrate the anniversary once again. Yeah, I think this is like my third one overall now. I think I want to think of it almost. It's, yeah, man, it's been cool to watch the show grow just from when we started together. And uh, again, it's always an honor to be here for another anniversary, man. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, without shadow of that. Like I said, and Monty have been here like three years now. So you get, I can I can feel the resentment building. Uh, but like I said, eight years overall. <laughs> And in the past, like, I've tried to put myself over. I've looked at, uh, you know, the WNR. And the thing is about the anniversary show and about even now with the WNR podcast is not about me. and It's not about the past and what we have done. It is hopefully what we're going to do and, like, the team right now. And, like I said, I couldn't do it without, uh, especially, you know, Jaxie first up and then, of course, Monty. And then the third person I am going to introduce. And it's a funny story uh, how I met her, actually. Because in West Philadelphia, born and raised, on a playground where I spent most of my days, I was chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool, all shooting some people outside of school. When a couple of guys were up to no good, they started making trouble in my neighbourhood. I got one little fight. My mum got scared. She said, you move me, auntie and Uncle Belair. Well, I whistled for a cab. And when it came near, the licence plate said, fresh and it had Dyson in there. Anything I could say, this cab was rare. But I was like, nah. Forget it, yo, Mr. Bear. I pulled up to the house about seven or eight and I yelled to the cabbie, yo, Holmes, Mary later. I looked in the kingdom. I was finally there to set my throne as a Prince of Bel Air. And then I met Gina. Gina, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) What it do, team? What it do? Oh, God, I don't know if that's, like, my fa- my favourite one now. That's become my favourite intro <laughs> because of the randomness. Hey. Hey, team, what it do? I'm happy to be back. Is this my second anniversary? I think it's my second anniversary, isn't yes, it? Yes, Gina, you were second year. Now, can you believe two years on a Dubbinar podcast? Just think you could have done something much, much better with your life. <laughs> I mean, just think that, you know, your fans could have gone with another two years without me being added into the mix. So you're welcome. Trust me, the only reason people listen to this is, like I said, all three of you and, and Gina, especially, you know, Monty used to be their favourite. And now they, they really do like you, Gina. So it is, I want to say, annoying on my he part. It's the G site. <laughs> it's the G site. 
<laughs> just brings them in. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like I said, it's great. To I'm have better as a heel. Seems to get Monty has turned <laughs> recent times. I'm not going to lie. You know, like there has been. So, and, yeah. and again, no one likes. Delay, you know, like when they think someone knows everything, they're like, "Oh right, yeah." Um, I'm a deity, so you know, jealousy. I built you up <laughs> so people try to knock you down. It's it's life, you know. If we didn't if we didn't have that on the podcast, you know, and in in life itself, where would we be? Uh, anyway, so <laughs> I said the eighth anniversary, anything like that. But we are going to look at backlash today but we haven't looked at WWE since Wrestlemania and I'm not going to go through every Raw and uh, because I can't be bothered so we're going to talk about just certain things uh, terrible night after Wrestlemania uh, Gonzalez and Liv beat Damage Control for tag titles Trish turned on Lynch and then the world title tourney so we actually haven't talked about the new world title and Jaxie I know you've been away uh, when they did announce it so what are your thoughts on the world title, the design in itself and the idea and the premise, because I've not actually heard uh, what you really think about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was really confused. Uh, I, I did get this sort of news ruined while, uh, for me whilst I was away on holiday, so I had to kind of wait to get back to the UK to then uh, play catch-up to a lot of um, wrestling Uh I, I just don't really understand it. So you'll have to explain it to me. What's the difference between this belt and the two belts that that Roman is still holding at the moment? Are they are, are they saying that this belt is going to be raw exclusive and that Roman's two belts is eventually going to amalgamate into just one title? Is that what we're saying? Uh, Monty, well, <laughs> what, or are they or are they, they taking seen... one belt? Are they taking one belt from Roman and they've given yeah. it a revamp? <laughs> And so t- Roman's just going to be a one belt person. Yeah, but if that was the case, if that's then, the case, then Roman needs to stop. But, that, don't, but that doesn't look like that's the case. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the case he still because he's still carrying both belts. And yeah, that's the confusing thing. Uh, like I said, when he when Triple H proposed this, he even pretty much put over that Roman has been the champion and will continue to be the WWE Universal Champion. So. I, they they have not been clear about if they're going to merge this uh, merge those belts or do anything. You would I would hope that they're going to make an actual just new design for the WWE you know Universal thing, but maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just keep carrying it around. But right now it's really confusing with three belts. But they they want they're trying to convince us that they're equal. It, yeah, it's just it's very much confusing still to even like you know kind of talking up to being up to date in wrestling and just you know seeing the tournament go through, I just kind of still do, don't understand the premise behind it. But, I mean, hey, it's WWE. They tend to do what they like. I'm sure the belt design have changed a couple of times as well. I'm sure that, like, the WWE on it, <laughs> unless it's a lie or... I'm sure I've seen this belt before. Well, it, 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 Have they not just updated an old design, maybe? Right. That's, that's what they tried to do. They yeah. Tried to... They tried to make it look like Big Goldie, but also have the big logo that the WWE title had. Uh, but at the well, same time, it kind of looks like Gunther's Intercontinental title, too. So it's Yeah, it's I mean, yeah, in a way, part of me was like, did they just, like, you know, regurgitate a, a belt and just grab one off the shelf? Or quick, grab that one. That one looks the most regal. And then just... <laughs> 
I don't know. Like, is it one that they've already have, or have they just updated the design because the design felt very familiar? It does have a very similar design to the Intercontinental. I I know what you mean by that. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see kind of the premise of how things are going to go. I mean, I'm sure that we'll discuss the the upcoming tournament or the current tournament that's being held for it as well. So we'll get. I think we'll dive deeper into uh, the discussion of this belt, but. Uh, in terms of understanding the premise of this belt, I don't think any of us understand, and I don't think we're going to for a while. So, Well, we're going to talk more about the draft, because we had that as well on the night of uh, Champions <laughs> podcast and get into that. Um, but I do want to say, because Monty, we do NXT Update, they fucked us big time. <laughs> Why take the Champions? Yo, they they took they just said screw yeah yeah your women's champions, we want them both. We want them. We want, we want all of it. You know, screw your division and whatever you were booking. Yeah, I was so confused by by their bookings for who they called up in this draft. I I just have to say, so confused by that. Why have certain people win at one of? I swear there was a recent NXT pay per view. Why have certain people win? <laughs> yeah. If you were literally yeah. going to be calling them up like two three weeks That's later. It. To the main roster. Exactly. So we That's know why I think Sean's reaction, reaction is real. But, but <laughs> we know really? that the next champ match they got, they losing it because they're going straight up. So that prediction's easily. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it, I think it's just also kind of like, you know, Indy Hartwell, can you really call yourself the NXT Women's Championship cha- champion at all? <laughs> you did nothing. You did nothing throughout throughout that reign. And then you're you being... Really have time. But the thing is, yeah. is, it feels like in NXT, you get a call up if you have got championship gold, which is not really exactly. how it works. Yeah. The, the only one they did it right, and of course I'm going to mention is the greatest tag team uh, will be in WWE history but at the moment, just on SmackDown. Of course, oh, yes, okay. pretty deadly <laughs> money. More. Come on. They are going to be tag team champions. Um, they are, they're going to be. They're going to be one of the greatest tag teams of all time. So... And they wrote off an NXT. James is definitely not biased, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) What? I think they're right. I think they're right. Uh, And, you know, so it'll be interesting. But like I said, but on to Backlash weekend, of course, May 5th. We had a press conference with Caleb Braxton and Jerry Soto in Puerto Rico. And again, the whole weekend felt different, not just because of the press conference beforehand and SmackDown event itself but the crowd were electric we have ray zelina raya and dom ray tells zelina it's good to be the underdog lots of spanish i haven't got a problem with this because obviously the imperial rico so it makes more sense ripley says she will bow zelina in her hometown uh cco triple h is out next uh, he says he loves Puerto Rico. And, of course, uh, it's the first time they've had a premium live event there since 2005. He introduces Cody Rhodes and gets a mass. And, of course, they give championship belts to our new people. And they talk about the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament with two triple threat matches on Raw, with two triple threat matches on SmackDown. So what's it? Is it again, Gina, do you And that's it, what confused me again. Yeah, I was saying, Gina, <laughs> this is the whole thing we're talking about. If it's Raw exclusive... But now there's not enough good wrestlers in Raw, so surely the draft fucked it up as well. <laughs> I mean, the draft just fucked everything up, to be honest, because 
again, for some reason, we all know that whatever choices and picks have been made, we're still going to be seeing them on each other's shows. Yeah. We are. <laughs> They're going to turn up on, the, on, on each other's opposite shows. Oh, the Miz is here for a special reason because he's hosting the Miz TV. Well, the Miz TV should be contracted <laughs> to the one show that he's contracted to. Surely, if you're having this draft. So for me, I mean, when it's the anyway. When you have so many other talk shows anyway, do you really need Miss TV to be jumping from Raw to SmackDown? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, well, what about the tag team titles? They've not announced a tag team title yeah. tournament for they're still unified. SmackDown, so they've still yeah. so they can be on both shows. Yeah. Roman so again, they're they're <laughs> show to show when really they should be focusing okay. on separating the results again. How are we going to go? It's about like it's a brand split, but it's not quite a brand split. Yeah, like they, you share you share champs still. I feel like they should have. Uh, they should have like if they were going to introduce this draft, they should have also said, and that means that um, you know the, the the now current Universal Tag Champions will have to vacate whichever belt uh, they don't get drafted to. It should have been just like kind of written into that contract, um, just to say like you know we're going to split the tag belts right. up again. You know, uh, I think that would have made the most. Um, sensitive um mm. sensitive sensible sorry sensible uh decision but instead this is uh vince so well i mean i'm not going to do anything like that's actually um se- sensible so well the thing is as well you know talk about we won't talk about uh vince mcmahon but it's even like bianca belair and ray ripley with the championships walk around with the kind of maybe they'll just continue you know belair will have the full time <laughs> Smackdown. Raw title on SmackDown. If anybody notices, you know, because we do we really want to swap them again, and then it's like Bianca's reign. Yeah, we don't want to do a swap again. Yeah, because yeah. Bianca's reign then doesn't continue on to the SmackDown reign, or does it? And it's just like, uh, why did they have to? Yeah. I understand like the US <laughs> champion and the IC champ changing shows. Right, that works fine. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, if you don't want Roman, but like you said, with Roman now, I just don't know. Anyway, so... I mean. Shouldn't there just be a rule to say all champions, all championship holders are exempt from the draft, and they just stay on the brand that they're actually drafted to? Because yeah. it just it really well, just... all champions be free agents. That, that the sounds too easy. Me too. No, no, no. Free agents only yeah. goes to Brock Lesnar. <laughs> only Brock Lesnar gets that option because that's Brock Lesnar's choice. <laughs> And no one questions the agent. Ali, they say. Ali, Ziggler, Olmos. If that's the right? case, just make all yeah. the champions automatic free agents. They can pop up everywhere. Then. I guess that'd be too much Maybe making all the jobbers free agents so that the jobbers can right. job out everywhere. Yeah, that's what it feels like. You can job out on both shows, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. You get more encouraging. You get dog. more time to job out to everyone else. Like, I mean, yeah, I think Ali is one of the best... Um, uh, best uh, examples here, and it's a, a huge disappointment uh, to see uh, some wrestlers kind of get bypassed here. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see what's coming up soon. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the world title tournament is starting. That was <laughs> what we were talking about originally. So we go back to the press conference, and of course, Bad Bunny 
and Damien Priest have a face-off. Uh, and again, you either love or hate this stuff, but I really liked it, you know. Like, so we've got a press conference. It's a nice place. Uh, and, of course, you see Damien Priest being the hill, pushing Bad Bunny. And Bad Bunny responds by slapping Priest. Uh, and Priest says that he's going to rip his face off. And, of course, the crowd go crazy. Triple H is separating them. And it was great. And then we moved on to SmackDown with the Good Brothers beating Viking Raiders. That's the end of the push. Uh, and, of course, we have Bianca Belair hit the ring for a promo because she's defending against EO Sky. Uh, again, still on the same show, though, so it still wouldn't change, but it doesn't matter. Uh, we see Sky bailing Dakota Kai interrupting a beatdown with Liv and Raquel making the save. Street Profits beat Imperium. Usos demand an answer from Solo. Enforcer warned Jimmy and Jay to do their jobs at Backlash when, of course, three of them battle Owen, Zane, and Riddle. Got Cody promo, the crowd loud. Nakamura beat Cross. Uh, Shin's last chance for the main event, I reckon. In the main event, Rey Mysterio and Zelina Vega beat Dominic Mysterio and Ray Ripley in a mixed tag team match with Ray scoring the win for his team. Uh, and of course, we see then Bad Bunny joining the LWO afterwards. Um, but SmackDown, the response for Bad Bunny, it's bigger than probably any wrestler pop I've heard. In quite a while. It's like Stone Cold in his prime when Bad Bunny came out. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the greatest comparison I can give it. Austin or like when or the rock when the if you smell comes in, like yeah. Like, was, it that this, was, um, was this when he came out with his, his black jacket on and his sunglasses and everything and was given the t shirt at the LWA t shirt? Yes, yeah, he joined. Yes, they had, they yeah. made more money yeah. than physically possible by printing a Puerto Rico LWO shirt as well, which, again, <laughs> if it's there to do, do it, you know? Yeah. It was the biggest pop ever, but damn, did he take his time getting to the ring. Like, my man's still getting beat up in the ring, and you're there walking there, you know? <laughs> it was a weird little entrance as well uh, with SmackDown and, of course, with Backlash, where it felt like, I was going, are they coming back from the side entrance, but they weren't. Uh, Rodney, what did you think of the setup? Yeah, I mean, again, the way he just kind of took over in the, in both of his entrances, in my opinion, I just love the mm-hmm. approach that he took. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that not only did he feel like a huge star, it's the attitude. Now, I will say, when you're making a run in, I mean, you might want to run. Like, Natalia did something similar to that, too, when she was just walking. <laughs> Strutting her stuff while the person she's trying to save is still getting attacked. So that always looks weird. But Benito, yeah, like, the way they did his interest, man, he looks like the biggest global, you know, music star in the world. Like, that's what he felt like. Definitely. They really... And you got, you got to admit, they, they, they chose the best, like, song to sort of yes. represent him in, in wrestling. Oh, like, not only is it, you know, about a being Booker T, but like the beat is so sick. The beat for yes. Booker T is so sick. You can't deny that. You know, no one who would listen to that beat wouldn't just like recognize who it is straight away. Um, you know, uh, just like the beat itself, everyone would be just getting into it. And you know, that's what that entrance song does. So I think uh, they chose. They they were really clever with choosing Booker T as the entrance music for him. Yeah, really, really good stuff. We'll move on to kickoff then, and we had Matt Camp, Pete Rosenberg. And Jackie Redman uh, in the studio, and Pete Rosenberg wasn't happy, which made me happy. Wade Barrett on the beat, which you don't see that often, so you make the most of it. Uh, and of course, we move on to the main show, Bad Bunny with the intro. And again, the drone shot 
coming into the arena, an entrance way, a bit like SmackDown, small and narrow, but still, Monty, there's something about seeing a sold-out arena and just hearing, you know, the crowd, like you said, were enough to put this show kind of over in a weird way. You didn't need all the bells and whistles. Yeah, I, I think that's going to probably be the theme of this review. We're probably going to talk about them a lot. Because, like, uh, honestly, it's that, that – and I, I compare it to, like, the football atmosphere. Like, kind of even, you know, across the, around the world, everyone is much more excited about football than they are in America, it feels like, the way the chance. And that's that's the way I, I kind of – that's the way that crowd was. It was football level of uh, loud and chance. And just, like, they was all in unison together. And it just – it was just you could tell having the time of their lives, and you're 100 percent correct. That drone shot, like as someone who's worked in television, and you know, uh, know how beautiful like certain shots can be when you're editing things or when you're doing when, you, when you're producing in a television truck. That shot is just it's, it's nothing like it. Like you said, to see all the many people fill up that arena and just get that viewpoint that you're just not used to. It's just again, no one does production like WWE. Like at the end of the day, they have a lot of flaws, but their TV production, other than a lot of the jump cut editing that they do sometimes. Yeah. Other than that, they knock it out of the park. Yeah. No, no, like I said, really, really good stuff. Uh, and then we started with the Raw or SmackDown women's title. Take your pick. Like, I don't really mind. Bianca Belair versus EO Sky. Uh, and I will say, EO is so cool. And it feels like a lifetime ago that like I was saying that weekly. But to see EO with this entrance yeah. and the way she was in this match, it's like, yeah. And both got great reactions from the crowd as well. Things started off competitive, but it's quickly turned into the EST of WWE, showing her power by repeatedly body slamming her opponent. The genius of Sky was all alone this time, but she still managed to make a comeback. She began to focus on the left arm of the champion as a chance of let's go EO echo from the crowd. The longer the match went, the more the WWE Universe began to turn against the EST. Every time she got some offense, the entire arena would begin to boo. You could see the look of excitement on Sky's face. When Belair realized what was going on, she ran playing into well. Sky locked in a crossface submission. The fans erupted as the champ struggled to escape. And the crowd turned the challenger into the babyface in less than 10 minutes. Ended up making the match so much more entertaining. Bailey into Kurt Kai came down and tried to help provide a distraction and offer support. But Belair was able to hit the KOD to score the win. I mean, Jaxie, how good was this? You know, we moan, but how much time it was given and it started the show with a bang. Yeah. You know what? I said the exact same thing to Gina um, when watching this. I said, you know, I really appreciate the amount of time that's been given to this match. You really got a chance to see EO shine. Um, I, I was pretty shocked to hear... Uh, how much booing uh, Bianca actually received throughout the match. I mean, I wasn't expecting either woman to be uh, heavily booed throughout the match, uh, just because both of them are just great. Um, They're also kind of like pitching this question of whether or not Io is going to eventually leave damage control. So, you know, there's that aspect there. But I did not realise Io was as popular in San Juan. So... Uh, it was really nice to hear the cheers for EO because I think um, she's very uh, um, underrated for what she can do, um, especially for those that haven't seen her in NXT. But I was a little bit, you know, dis- disheartened to hear 
the the loud level of booze that Bianca got. I was just a bit like, well, it's a little unnecessary to go this over the top in heckling uh, Bianca. I I don't think any of us kind of think that anything would come from this or or there is any real actual hate towards Bianca. I, I don't think that at all. But I do think it slightly took away from the match a little bit with the amount of booze that actually were kind of going on throughout certain moments of the match. The match itself, though, was incredible. Uh, both women just really know how to work with one another. And it was just like really uh, like nerve wracking to see uh, who was going to kind of get that final pinfall. Yeah, I think without that, and like I said, as they would say, you know, any reaction is better than no reaction. And I think with Bianca and Eo, this kind of, for me, made the match feel even better. I do want to shout out Samantha Irvin quickly, the ring announcer. I don't mention her at all. Uh, people need to go and watch her Imperium intro sitting down. And she did the intro to this new Raw ring announcer. Really, really good. But like I said, as for the match itself, the crowd were hot. And, and what I liked about the crowd as well was the kind of the the ahs and the owas. Oh it sounded like they were, Roman was going to hit a spear. You know, like every time they got a close call and stuff like that. And I thought it just added to it as well. I mean, Gina, this was EO showing her best. But again, Bianca's so impressive. Like, even with like the, the military, one-armed military press, you forget how good both of these women are, don't you? Yeah, Bianca definitely lived up her name of EST, trying to show she's the greatest. You know, um, she was just so good. You could see her athletic skills. They just haven't fumbled. They've been on point. If anything, they've been getting better. And EO, again, I think people underestimate her She's come up from NXT and they haven't done much with her apart from just shove her in damage control. So as far as people who don't watch NXT and haven't seen her, her previous reign, they're just seeing EO Sky come up and she's been a part of this trio. So to be honest, she's not been able to showcase her singles run. It's great that she's been put in this position to go for you know the belt and, and showcase that she can be a great singles uh, wrestler. But I also feel like she needs to fully break away from damage control and and then get that push, you know. But the match itself was great. And EO just showed everyone, this is why you should be interested in me. And the crowd was just lit for them. So respect to that crowd. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, Jaxie, what would you score this match out of five to start us off? Um, I'm just going to go ahead and give this a five. It was just a great match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Gina, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to give it a five as well. Uh, and Monty, well, before I get your score, I mean, your thoughts on this. But I, I remember NXT TakeOver New York, which, of course, was EO Shai, uh, Shayna Baszler, Kari Sane and Bianca Belair, April 2019. Neither mm-hmm. women really did much since, you know. Uh, but again, it's, <laughs> it's this is the EO I prefer, the more confident face we saw, you know, but... Uh, course Bianca there but I mean what were your thoughts on this and do you think Belair might have to turn to the you know the dark side to continue if she wants to be champion so the thing is so like the match by the way a good time really strong way to start the show like you guys said uh you know I can get spoiler alert I, I was I was right around with you guys I think I, I don't think I want I think I gave it five it was you know it was early I didn't know if I wanted to give it that but I was it was just like you said I was over the moon watching this because again, as someone who's watched both of uh, these ladies' origin, especially from NXT, uh, you know, 
it was cool to kind of see them in this position. You know, Bianca has played heel before. If you watch NXT, you know she actually can be really entertaining as a heel, too. So I think this match kind of proved to me just how perfect of a wrestler she kind of is. Because like you said, she altered this match. Because that, though you can tell, as the when the crowd started to boo her, she was like, oh, okay, let's lean into this and let's can, let's put EO over as much as possible. And I know that, you know, like, again, it's just such a professional, like, again, she didn't panic. You know, sometimes when you're a dominant babyface champion and you're out here and they booing you like this and you're not used to this, and it's all of a sudden, you know, sometimes these things happen. The crowd eventually thinks you're stale. It's, if you go online, there's some people who love it, what Bianca has been able to do uh, and all the history she made. And there's some people who think it's been going on too long and don't like it. Uh, I'm definitely one of the people who think who love it. I say you can keep the belt on Bianca forever. And this is just one of them situations where it kind of proves. I think eventually if they are going to keep this run going, then, yes, she definitely will have to turn heel because you've you've done the angle of Bianca, uh, you know, overcoming pretty much almost everyone except like a Rhea Ripley, if you see what I'm saying at this point. So, you know, you will have to do a different angle at some point. Now you can watch a, a, a cocky, a more arrogant Bianca because she's the EST. Because that's the that's always been the greatest thing about the EST. It can be a self-motivating thing like it is now as a babyface, or it can be very, very arrogant that she's saying she's the greatest and she's all of this already. So again, I think Bianca can kill it no matter what they what role they give her. And I think, if, like you said, if you want to keep this run going, she will eventually have to do it. But I don't necessarily think that means it has to be anytime soon. I just think she answered something that can something that no one could predict, like it going that way. And she 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 did a really good job, you know, swimming out there uh, when she was threw out there, kind of like to drown. And I think, like you said, they made Eo look special. We know how special she really is. So to see her get this spotlight at a pay per view like that, I think she was even surprised. Uh, her post after the match, you know, she I think she was kind of even surprised that Puerto Rico loved her that much. But you know, it was. I'm pretty sure it was all appreciated, and it was just great. It was uh, her style also fits like the power style converses that high flying, like lucha libre influenced style that EO has, kind of fits what they like in Puerto Rico also. So it, it really made sense if you go off his history too, you know. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know. It was. Just, I think the EO and Bianca rivalry should only just be beginning. Even if I know Damage Control had a lot to do with this finish. And uh, I think that was kind of the story here so far. But once EO is out of damage control and she she eventually fused with uh, Bailey, I think uh, EO and Bianca definitely should be revisited because, like you, you guys said, that was special. Yeah, well, so um, that is it. I'm going to give that four and a half out of five. And Michael Cole tells us Bailey cost EO, so he's t- telling us kind of where this story is going to go. Uh, predictions? Well, right. we're, we're going to go after Stand and Deliver with the last ones, believe it or not. Uh, so now it's time. That seems a long time ago. Uh, so we run through. Of course, we've got three prediction leagues. We've got the AW League. We're at the uh, Monty and I are on one. Gina and Jack C zero. Uh, bonus league. Jack's on nine. Gina on eleven. Monty on twelve. I'm on thirteen. And the WWE prediction leagues, which of course we're doing today. Jack C on zero. James, Gina, and Monty on two. And people worry. Don't worry about Jack C because she is a killer when it comes to year-end predictions. So she might not get a single prediction point right until then and still win by, like, 10 Don't worry about that. Uh, Prediction-wise, for this one, we all went Bianca Belair, so we all are on one. And thank I thought I'd never say in 2023, what a pop for Savio Vega, the man who whooped Steve Austin at... 
2012 was backstage <laughs> with Rey Mysterio and Bad Bunny. I cannot believe Savio Vega after all this time. Um, we'll move on to our next match. Omos versus Seth Rollins. And the crowd gave Rollins the expected reaction during his... But before he could get his jacket off, Omos attacked him with a running kick. Nigerian giant continued to beat him down. The fans kept singing the visionary theme. Every time Rollins tried to get a little momentum, he would run into Omos like he was hitting a brick wall. The big take advantage of the world audience and punishing the visionary with everything he could. The former world champ did a lot to sell Omos, but once it was his turn to shine, Rollins pulled out some fast-paced sequences that popped the crowd. Omos easily blocked the stomp with pure strength and hit a chance. Omos won it, but and then another surprise, this match went over 10 minutes and maybe the best performance we've seen from Omos, but it's no surprise against Seth, he could probably have a good match with a broom. He hit a stomp from the top rope to get the win and get the crowd to sing his music one more time. Uh, Gina, what do you think about this? It's Seth Rollins, man. My God, is there nothing he can't do? I mean, yeah, everyone's going to hate me now. Yeah, he's great. Um, I'm just, it's not that I'm not even a big fan of Seth. I am. I think he's doing great. Uh, I just didn't really care for the match. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just how I felt. It was a good match. And I was like, oh, yeah, you got it. But, like, for me, I kind of felt like I was watching a Raw, not, like, a pay-per-view. I don't know. I just wasn't as invested. I just felt like they had to put something together for Seth to have a fight for a backlash. Um, I must did better than we thought he was going to do. Come on. There we got a No, he did. And don't get me wrong. I'm actually happy with Omos's progression. I'm glad he got to have a spot at backlash. I just... I wasn't. Um, it wasn't one of my most anticipated matches of Backlash, so I kind of went into it with that attitude, you know. But that's not to say it wasn't a good match. It was still good. It was still entertaining, and it was actually shocking that Seth survived that long in the ring with Omos as well. Not to say that Omos runs through everyone, but seriously, he's huge. So I'm sure he needed an ice bath after that or something. But it was a good match. I just, I personally, just you know, was like, meh. Uh, Monty, what about you? Because Seth is the performer right now. I think this match proved it. Yeah, man, he's he's on a run. Like, that's one thing I'll say. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, I think more so which, what you just mentioned, Gina, has a lot to do with how how this thing came about. If you have at least an inkling of something to attach to of a story, maybe you would care. But it wasn't anything at all other than, hey, you know, Omar's is you know, dominant, and, you know, we want to fight you, Self, and Self was like, sure. And that's pretty much what happened. It really, like, it wasn't really much heat there at all. I mean, MVP, I guess, insulted Self a little bit or whatever, but anyway, but that, you know, besides that, the match itself, though, like you said, Amos looked promising, you know, uh, he definitely improved, he definitely is improving, and although, you know, he lose so much, it is concerning, but he's huge. So it's always believable that he can win, so I'm pretty sure that's the logic. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the no, logic. No, like he's losing no, a lot, mean, but yeah. he's huge. He's like big, so, who cares? God damn it! Look at the size. Right, like Big Show. Like, big Show would get embarrassed mm. one week, and then four weeks later, Big Show's done to be champion out of nowhere. <laughs> and you're like, what the hell? Uh, but again, uh, so that's just kind no, of. No, I agree with you there, really Monte. I agree with you, and like, and one thing I will say is that I, I still 
I, I still rate Seth going against Omos because, again, it's kind of getting Omos out of fighting the jobbers of Raw, you know, and yeah. actually giving him a decent person to fight against. So, again, it's not me slamming the match at all. Again, for me, because there wasn't any sort of real build-up to this, I just wasn't mm-hmm. as invested in this match going in. Just to clarify, it was still a good match. I liked them right. both. I just wasn't as excited for the match right. going in. So you hate them both. Right. I think, you again, think Seth Rollins yeah, is overrated. I think... Got it. <laughs> so cynical, James. You're so I'm... cynical. I think that it just like it, there was no build up and and therefore th- there was probably just less reason to like care for sort of the outcome of the match. But that being said, I do see major improvement with Omos, um, and I just think that you know if given like better uh, storylines, that's what he's got MVP for. Uh, you know, there'd be more of a call and a demand to actually see matches like this. Also, that being said, is is also um, you know who wouldn't want to have someone as tall and big as almost booked in a match um, when you're going to a new um, sort of uh, new, um, like new country that they haven't been to in a while. Like you, you kind of want to show all your, mm. what, what you've got in, within the company. I think almost represents that quite well because of how tall he is and how big he is. So, and you, know. you want to see what he can do, you know, in yeah. that spot, yeah. in that spot, exactly. yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Add, add a little bit more time to his matches. You know, put him in there with people like Seth. Put him in there with people exactly. like Brock Lesnar. See what you can get out of him. You know, exactly. so I under, I understand that. Yeah. And I thought both guys in the end win here, you know? Yeah, I would say Omos. And again, I've, it's like a better worker than uh, great Carly. You know, like I give him like, tall men that we I don't know, man. Young Carly. Young Kali was jumping in the ring, man. Like, uh, look, young Big like... Show used to do moonsaults, <laughs> but he used to shovel the burgers in his mouth as well, didn't he? So, <laughs> we're both lost. <laughs> I could bring in Giant Gonzalez, but I'm not. Well, I've been saying, at least he's better than Giant yeah, Gonzalez. Exactly. We, can we can all agree. <laughs> um, right, so scores. So, Gina, uh, what are you going to score the Omos Rollins match out of five? Three. Monty? Three and three quarters. They work hard. Jaxie. I mean, I gave it a three and a half. I'm going to give it a four. Because, yeah, it's Amos. And it shouldn't oh, have been the as good as it should there. I like that. <laughs> Predictions. We all went separate. So we are all to nil. And then the US title. Triple threat match. Austin Theory. Bobby Lashley. Bobby looked like a bad man with his entrance. I, there's something about Bobby's entrance that just hits me different. And I don't know what it is. I might have to explore that later on in life. As the United States Championship match, though, got underway. <laughs> all, all three men started off hot. After a few minutes, Fury and Reed formed a tenuous alliance between... Uh, because that's what hills do in triple threat matches, all right? There's a couple of things that happen in triple threat yep. matches. The hills team up and then get on each other and then one man gets thrown out for a little while so you can always have like a one-on-one match it's fine the hills dominate most of the action of course one of them decides to turn on each other reed was getting a lot of positive reactions from the crowd and kind of swipes away he didn't like that but when theory stopped him from hitting his top rope splash there was audible jeers lashley still had sport the crowd but it felt like reed may have been preferred competitor for those in attendance as expected though a town stole a win but you could see a potential for the Reed victory uh, again. I mean, Monty, what are your thoughts on this? Because it's nice, apart from Bobby, obviously, 
Austin, Theory and Bronze Reed in NXT, of course, have now made the main roster jump. And, I mean, Theory and himself are sitting there, but Reed is finally getting that chance to shine. Yeah, that's that's probably my biggest highlight is just seeing Bronson uh, finally, uh, you know, get a chance to show what makes him so special. I think recently in this time, even though they haven't done a, as much, like uh, overall since he's been back, I think slowly but surely they're trying to build him up. And at least he, like, he was like, I think I only ended up going like six, seven, felt like seven minutes, I think. So, uh, you know, and that's not enough time to really build suspense, especially when I think all of us attain anyway. So it ended up being a good triple threat, but it wasn't really, uh, you know, a true moment to me, even with Reed getting support and looking good or Bobby's moments. Uh, I didn't really thought I didn't, didn't really think they were going to win at any point, but it was decent. But I, I actually kind of was disappointed because I think it could have been better. Well, it, it, I said I was shocked how, like I said, short it was. But I think like I said your short comment, I think you made before, about this kind of being a glorified house show. And it kind of made me look at you differently yeah, yeah. as we went into it, if you know what I mean. Well, obviously, right. you That's know, true. The, the champs aren't there to kind of lose, but this could have done a little bit more. But then again, if it was going to take away from the opening match, I'm quite happy with this. But again, Jaxie's, oh, you, you know, like we're talking about, this is the match that maybe should have been on Raw and given other matches on the card a little bit of space, you know? Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with a lot of what um, uh, Monty has actually said. So, um, in terms of just like the caliber of the match, to be honest, in in my in my opinion, I feel like the um, the main sort of standout in in terms of the whole match itself was Bobby and Bronson. You know, I kind of wanted to like more of the focus to be on them, and that wasn't to do with the title ma- uh, belt, but just to see, you know two powerful men go at it um so yeah it just didn't because there was like a lack of a build-up and it just kind of felt a little bit odd because Bronson was working for Austin Theory but now getting a chance at the belt um I didn't really see this going any other way but as you said it kind of felt very much like a house show um I I appreciate seeing Bobby and like you said um his entrance just made him look like an absolute beast um and it was great to see but uh you know, it didn't really do much in terms of being on on the backlash card. It was probably one of the only matches that didn't really, for me, um, reach that level of peakness that that um, some of the other matches actually uh, did reach. So it was it was overall a good match, but it was just a match that could have been on Raw or SmackDown. You know, it could have been on the SmackDown just before, yeah. uh, you know, backlash. You know, so I would agree with that, uh, Monty. What would you score this out of five? Sorry. Oh yeah, I think I'm. Uh, I'm gonna just go at like three and a half. Like you said, the, the result that was expected, we got that. But uh, yeah, three and a half is probably the best I can give it. Yeah, Jack C, what about you? Yeah, I gave this a three and a half as well. Um, it did what it needed to do, but I didn't really see any major changes happening. So, and Gina, what about you? what are you gonna score? What are your thoughts. My only thoughts from this is justice for King Bob. You know, Bobby Lashley is king. And I need him back in the title picture at some point. I really do. He shouldn't be feuding with Austin Theory week after week. I'm over it. Um, the the match, again, we're going to agree with everything all of you guys said. Um, I think the main focus in that match for me was just, you know, the two powerhouses going against each other, Bobby v. Bronston. So... Um, in that sense, 
that was great and entertaining for me to watch, but I agree it didn't really need to be on this show and it could have made the other matches be a bit more longer if this match was just held on the SmackDown like we suggested. But either way, it was a great match and I gave it three and a half. Three and a half. I'm going to give it three and three quarters. Predictions? Well, Gina, you went for Bobby. The rest of us went for Theory. So Gina's on two. The rest is on three as we go to the SmackDown Women's Total Match. Ray Ripley versus Selena Vega. And Vega had a special entrance outfit with a huge Puerto flag as her cape. And she, and, uh, to be fair, yeah, she and Ripley both looked awesome. Ripley all in white. And, of course, Selena, who uh, looked very emotional. Michael Cole told her she was dedicated to her late father. Uh, but, you know, Ripley in herself is such a star. Uh, and we can see it in this matchup as well that we've not actually re- reached peak Ripley yet, which is crazy. Uh, not as long as I would have liked. Vega's quickness allowed her to avoid any punishment at the start. She grabbed a flip-flop from the crowd and threw it at Ripley before hitting her with a dropkick through the ropes. But once the powerhouse was able to ground the challenger, she took her apart for pinning her with a for the win. And I will say, and I don't know about you, Jaxie, but I don't think even the crowd in their hometown or country believed she would win. You know, I think this needs a little bit more time. What were your thoughts on this matchup? I mean, yeah, when it comes to sort of, you know, whether or not we could truly believe that um, Zelina was on that sort of ready level caliber to take the belt off of Rhea, it needed more of a a story, more of time to build as a storyline, you know, really paint her out to be the underdog. They've done this before where they had Rey Mysterio pitted off against Brock Lesnar and it worked, but that was because there was like time given to the story and things were really built up. Um, That being said, uh, you've got to admit that that I think this has probably been like the best showcase for Zelina in terms of like uh, uh, how far she's come in her wrestling career. I think that she's massively improved. Um, it was great watching her in the ring work with uh, someone like Rhea. I did really get a lot of Rey Mysterio vibes in terms of just being the underdog and um, just, you know, wondering whether or not they could pull that off. Uh you know, from from the fact of there not being that much storyline built up between us, it, it was highly unlikely that she was going to pull this off. But what I do want to say is that I felt this was probably the best uh, Zelina has, has looked, um, and she really impressed me through um, throughout the match with sort of her creativeness on getting Rhea down and just you know sort of even being like a crowd pleaser. She works well with the crowd, and she and she. Um, works off of the same vibe, the same energy as them as well. And they gave that all back to her as well. I thought the match itself was really entertaining. Just like you, I think it could have gone a bit longer. Um, However, I'm not going to complain because I felt like both women looked great out there. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, Gina, what were your thoughts on this? And how cool is Ripley? Like, I I want her to be WWE champion in a couple of years as she carries on like this. You know, I think she's got, she could do anything she wants. (laughs) Totally, I can see it now. Five years time, Roman still got the belt, and he's he's lost Rip it. Tie. To Rhea, yeah, Roman loses to Rhea. And literally, you can just see Paul Heyman with the little betrayal because he's been supporting Rhea this whole time. Yeah. That that's going to be the storyline of but the year after the Sammy storyline. Um, no, definitely, I, I agree again with all of your both of you you guys um thoughts on this match i thought the match could have gone longer for sure but i still enjoyed it i was really happy for zelina because i i knew how much 
this meant to her. I mean, I was watching Selena on Twitch because she's a gamer as well and she goes on Twitch. So I was watching her um, Twitch page and she was talking about how much it meant to her to fight in her home country and be in one of the main title pictures as well. So I kind of felt a little bit of Selena's emotions going into this. But I also, it sounds so bad to say, but I was also team Rhea because I was like, this ain't the the end of Rhea's reign. You know, Rhea's definitely going on a rampage. So it's not going to be the end of it. I didn't believe Selena was going to win it, unfortunately. But I still thought Selena's going to give her as good as she can. So, yeah, it was a great match. And I was really, really happy with it. But I... Queen Rhea all the way, man. She's just a boss. She really, really is. Uh, Jackson, what would you score this match out of five? Um, I gave this a four and three quarters. I thought it was really good. I also want to give a shout out to sort of Rhea's outfit um, on that night because she had Dom Dom written on her bum. Um, <laughs> she tweeted out about it, the picture, and Buddy Murphy actually responded saying, he might be on your ass, but I'm the one who gets to touch it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. That is Gina, what about you out of five? Um, yeah, no, I gave it a four and a quarter just because lack of time and I kind of knew the outcome of this match before it even started, you know. So yeah. four, four and a quarter. Uh, Monty, what about you? Because like I said, it's nice to see Zelina get the crowd's love after, even though she McIntyred herself. Yeah, she definitely McIntyred herself uh, But again, love that moment for her, you know, in front of her people, she... Literally and figuratively put Puerto Rico on her back in that match. And, uh, you know, it, it, again, they had her back. I really love the, the support that she had. Again, Jackson's right on the money. Like, Zelina was in WWE, especially at least in WWE. I know. Like, she had a really great – she was doing a really good job as Andrade's manager back mm-hmm. in the day. And she's she's had a great speaking role so far. But this was, like, her biggest moment wrestling or at least – at least next to Queen of the Ring and like the tag title reign, I remember. So like, so to get this type of moment, like as a babyface in in Puerto Rico against a champion like Rhea Ripley, so like you guys said, someone who's just an absolute, just again the way I I, I said everything I said about Bianca being basically the perfect wrestler in this in this era, Rhea is right there, pretty much in the in the side, right there, right there next. So that's why that, that's why everyone wants to see them butt heads. And go against each other so much because we can already see that they are the future or and the now of the women's division, really. And uh, well, but at, at war games, I'll be I'll be happy if they actually did that and yeah. kept them as champs. Right, right. Just a match. You don't even you know because that's the thing. They don't they don't really have to build to it. Like people would love to watch that if you just say champion versus champion. Just just do it. Yeah. But yeah. But uh. I mean, it, that's yeah. going to be like the best of a high-caliber female match for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but again, like Zelina's craftiness wasn't enough in the end. Her speed wasn't enough. You know, uh, real strength, power. You know, unmatched. So yeah, man, it was great. It was a great moment for Zelina, and I think a, a pretty good, even though like you guys mentioned, uh, a short match, but a pretty good opening match to for Rhea's reign because, uh, like you guys mentioned, I. Have expectations that Rhea, Rhea will be a champion for a long time. So, yeah, three and three quarters is what I finished with. Yeah, I gave that three and three quarters as well. Um, predictions all went Rhea, 
So Gina's on three, the rest is on four. And up next, the first ever San Juan street fight. Uh, Damien Priest at the, on the man he once called his best friend, or close friend, international singer star Bad Bunny. And both received appropriate responses. But W made sure to play Bunny's music for a little longer than usual because the crowd was so into it. We've talked a lot of, you know, like AEW crowds with Jericho. Uh, and we mentioned it earlier as well, but the crowd response to this and the song chosen as well was so good. Nah, definitely. The Puerto Rican crowd came through. They mm. came through. I'm saying, you know, I've never heard Chambetta shouted so hard as, <laughs> as they have in that crowd. That song was the perfect choice for him as well because I suppose everybody's expecting Booker T to drop when Bad mm-hmm. Bunny came out. But just see, hearing that change up and knowing how big that song is right now as well by Bad Bunny. Literally everyone in that crowd knew the lyrics. If you didn't, you would have been embarrassed. You know, like, they were lit. That crowd came through. They really, really did. And, and as, you know, UK crowd who think we're pretty good, like I said, at some points, we, I was going, <laughs> fucking hell, we need to up our game. Like, a big fireworks. Money in the bank. No, I can't. <laughs> oh, any WWE yeah. fan who was not a, a Bad Bunny fan before, I guarantee you, the next day was listening to his music. Yeah, I guarantee you. That is true as well. Um, anyway, so we get the Archivant for shoving Bad Bunny to the corner to prove he was stronger, but the musician quickly showed he wasn't there to joke around. Whenever the powerhouse was in control, the crowd gave him the appropriate heat. Whenever Benito made a comeback, everyone would cheer. It went back and forth like that a few times, but time for the band to take advantage of the stipulation. They used the environment and weapons. They also took the match into the crowd. They did a lot and had a long time to work. Uh, so they overserved the fans in more ways than one. Dominic Mysterio and Finn came out to interfere before Rey Mysterio ran down to make the save. He was taken down, but former WWE star. And again, I know I mentioned Xavier Vega, but the pop Carlito got... It's like Edge returning. That's how big. And I, I'm so shocked to see him as well. Uh, Ray cleared the ring the rest of the Judgment Day. And they cut off in the aisle by Savia Vega and the LWO. And of course, Ballard took a severe beating with Vega. Which, again, has never been so over in an entire arena. Getting the shots. And of course, we saw Carlito spitting the apple as well. Can we just talk about how Vega got his leg up that high for his age? <laughs> I, I definitely replayed that. I have to go back and rewatch it. I was like, how high did his, his leg went higher than my leg ever could go, like, high that high? But I was popping for, like, Los Buriquas theme tune, which I've not heard <laughs> since, like, 1997 VHS. It's like, dum-bum-ba, yeah. and I'm going, oh, my God, they've actually so done it. it. He ended it with his like hand movements and stuff. I was like, this guy is still bossing it. Like he just he absolutely bossed that moment. Uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, Priest sold his leg really, really well. Uh, we saw Bad Bunny trying to apply a submission. Then grabs a chair, start teeing off. But in the end, it was a Canadian destroyer that secured the win for the hometown hero. Um, and as we spoke about every other match, I mean about the build-up uh, and everything else. This match was perfect. Great build. It was a selling point and arguably should have been the main. Uh, and they delivered. I cannot believe I'm saying it. After all the celebrity involvement, Bad Bunny 
is incredible and came off like the biggest star in the world. Gina, what are your thoughts on this? This was this was incredible. Yeah, this match was lit. It was so good. And I, it's not that I wasn't expecting it, but I thought, oh, they've gone with a street match because it's probably easier to sort of showcase, you know, lack of a lot of wrestling skills from Bad Bunny maybe. So that's why it would have been easier. But to be honest, I got respect for Bad Bunny going into this because he, he had just as much, you know, damage done to him. He could have hurt himself during this entire match. And they both just went hard. And I truly, like, believed everything that they were both selling from the match. I thought Damien was a perfect person for him to work with because they're so close that you could tell they had that trust for each other to, you know, go as hard as they did against each other. And, um, yeah, I, w- I was totally amped for this match. I was I was super into it, and I didn't really think I would be. If you think about me this time last year, I don't think I was as big a fan of Damien Priest um, I just wasn't really that interested. And then now I'm just, you know, really looking forward to seeing him and the Judgment Day. So they definitely have pushed their characters so well. Well, I and think... So, uh, again, uh, respect to Bad Bunny. Well, that's what I'm saying. But with Priest, this was the most Roman Reigns Priest has been. You know, like, I know he's yeah. always... Like, but he was... The acting in this, the way he was kind of trash-talking yeah, as well. He hit boss mode for this. <laughs> Really, it's a shame he's three years older than Roman, but still, who cares? Yeah. And even with Priest, Michael Cole mentioned it was Priest was wearing the same outfit he wore for WrestleMania, teaming with Bunny. You know, so like I said, all the everything was interconnected. It just paid off. Oh, those little callbacks were so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really uh, good stuff. I mean, Monty for for a non-professional wrestler to perform at this level. And the show was booked around him to come through. It's, he's got to be the best celebrity involved, one of the best celebrities just ever to appear in wrestling. It's <laughs> never. Yeah, no, it, it's 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 tough. I you're gonna have to convince me on who's up, who's next to him at this point. You know, like that, like because it's not only just like the star power that he brings or like the way that crowd react. Just think about what you just said. Like we talked about, we've had Logan Paul, we've had all the, all the celebrities over the years, the Drew Carey's, everyone else, you know, Pete Rose, all the people who've been in, involved in WWE. And, and I'm probably missing plenty of Snoop Dogg. We, I'm, we miss plenty, I'm missing plenty of them, but it's been a lot of celebrities over the years. I can go back to Mr. T at this point. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but, but that's what so, Snooki, Snooki from the Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. forget Snooki. Babaka. Right. Like, there's so many people, right? <laughs> so many people. But yeah, that's my point. So, like, but the thing is, they never, like, you know, no one is, I, that I know of ever had entire show built. Like you said, Lawrence Taylor, I remember a football player for the New York Giants over in America. He got the main event of WrestleMania one year. You know what I mean? I know, like, like I mentioned with Mr. T, but like, this is an entire show, not only hosted by the celebrity, but he wrestles. <laughs> He's the biggest baby face on the show, and I'm. I, you said arguably earlier, James. I'm not arguing. It was should have been the main event. <laughs> like, honestly, I was drained. I didn't really yeah. care about anything else after this. I, I didn't agree. care. I promise you. No, I didn't care about. It. I love Cody and Brock, and we're gonna talk about it. I but I didn't really care about it as much as I cared about this yeah. because this just took the cake. And even the crowd was a little bit different. They kind of yeah, toned they, themselves yeah. down 
after this. You know what I'm saying? Because again, how can you get it? Like again, they, they after seeing Carlito and seeing all that cool <laughs> stuff they just saw, like what else is there for them to do? Yeah. All your energy used up during that yeah. match. Like you just made a bunch of Puerto Rican people's wrestling dreams come true. <laughs> and then you want them to care about this non-title tag match and you know, yeah. uh and and now in a non-title Cody and Brock. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Can, can uh, but say, anyway, this is can, can I just this say is great. one thing and, uh, about mm-hmm. Bad Bunny, right? Right. And <laughs> I don't think he did that well at hosting the show. I'm just gonna say, as a host, <laughs> when it said hosted by Bad Bunny, yeah, I that's like, fair. I'm a little bit disappointed. All right. He didn't but, really yeah. pop up as but, many I mean, signals as you. I would don't think. know if I'm mistaken here, but I'm sure that Bad Bunny said on the backstage of Raw or SmackDown, "I'm no longer gonna be hosting Backlash because I'm in Backlash." Or I'm is that me? Right. Is that just me? Did you know like, what? I think they, that's why he was very busy. <laughs> I feel right. like. Like he did mention something like that uh, on either Raw or SmackDown. It, it, it definitely he definitely did bring something up about like not being able to host if he's in a match or something. So maybe he did just mention it, but it was just really like this, this is the end. This call backlash, but this is like the equivalent though of like NWO sold out because this was all about but bad buddy the show yeah. and like yeah, yeah. being there. It was all like has never been. Like, even when the right. NWO were originally in WCW, yes, right? It's over. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we'll start off with trying to score it out of five, I suppose. Gina scores out of five, but I think this is pretty easy. Five, yeah, I think a five there. Uh, Monty, yeah, man, this is legendary, man. It was it was overbooked in the best way possible. Yeah, don't you love it? Don't you love it when it happens? Right. Uh, <laughs> just mess everything. Jaxie, what about you? I mean, what were your thoughts on this? This was a great match and score. Yeah, I mean, I there was no way that I actually thought that this match was going to be sort of this high level or caliber of a match. I have to agree with all of what you guys have said. I do want to point out some of my favorite moments from the match, which uh, Bad Bunny took so well. Uh, there was a moment when they kind of came out of the ring and were at the top of the ramp and went through the table. You know, I, I thought the match was over there and then. I thought, no, Bad Bunny can't take any more of this. He's done, you know? Um the, the match still carried it. on. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mentioned the fact they went through, like I said, Bad Bunny went through that as well, like a Mankind versus yeah. Rock hardcore match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's real. I mean, like, I, I, I think towards the end of the match as well, like, we ju- we saw Bad Bunny get, like, eat one of those absolutely devastating clotheslines that Damian Priest can do, and it looked devastating. I thought that was it again for Bad Bunny. So I have to give him so much respect and credit for the amount of work he put into this match. It wasn't just a, I'm going to use all items because it's a, a street fight match to be able to to win against Damian Priest. No, he made sure he ended it on a wrestling move. He didn't end it on a chair shot. He didn't end it on a kendo shot. He didn't end it on a table uh, scene. He ended it with a wrestling move and a Canadian destroyer that looked amazing. So, you know, you have to give this man credit. you got to remember, this man has not been training the same level uh, 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 that a lot of these wrestlers have actually uh, put into um, their training, you know, uh, but you can see this man's dedication to um, and his passion for for the re- for wrestling. Um, so I really have to appreciate what 
he's put into the match and what Damien was able to sort of bring to the match as well. I thought it was a great pairing. Um, again, five star from me because who wouldn't give this a five star? Exactly. Five out of five is what we paid the admission for was this match and it did deliver. Prediction is we weren't bad, Bunny. So it means Gina's on four, the rest is on five. As we head into our penultimate match, the Usos and Sokoa, the Bloodline versus Riddle, Zane and Owens. Uh, and I got, I'm not going to lie, I've kind of had enough of these six feuding. And especially after that match, I was like, oh, great. And I was like, how long was this one as well? I mean, we're going to get into it, but it's just like, Jesus Christ, did we need another 20 minutes with this story? Uh, we saw Paul Heyman was not with a bloodline for this one, and Jay and Zayn started for the team. Uh, of course, Zayn made him pay with a clothesline. Any match with six or more competitors usually follows a certain pattern, as we've spoken about. Everyone gets time in the ring. Hills usually control more of the match, and so on and so on. Jay and Sakura began to have some communication issues and talked a little trash to each other before Zayn knocked the latter off the apron with a kick. He now Jay with another kick, but Sakura saved his brother from the pin. He almost hit Jay with some iron spike, and it caused another argument. Despite all the tension, Sakura ended up getting a pin for his team over Riddle. Uh, Monty, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? And I really like the fact, and because I do it all the time, what Jimmy done, you know, because he didn't have a clue what the problem was between Sakura and Jay. He was out of the ring at the time, and he's like, what's up, guys? He didn't realise there was beef going on there. Uh, what were your thoughts Monty? Yeah, I think you you touched on it at the beginning perfectly, man. It was fine, but it's stale. This is completely stale to me, and it, and it's been like that honestly. Uh, po- at the at the very least, post the Usos rematch, like I could say, at, at pretty much since Mania, I've been done with this. But you know, at least since the Usos lost that rematch, it's like okay, what are we still doing this for? You know, and uh, also this just it seemed like the Monday Night Raw version of what we seen at Mania, but you add Riddle and Solo to the mix, you know, so uh, it wasn't really unique, it, but it was nowhere near as good as what we saw at Mania, and, you know, like I said, I, I wrote this out, hopefully after the draft, Sammy and Kevin can do their things at Tag Champ, away from the bloodline, <laughs> and uh, again, it's, yeah, laughable, right? Laughable. That's what I was hoping, right, that they could just do something away from the bloodline, but yeah, uh, we see how that's turning out, you know, again, I wrote it down in my notes after watching it, and there was no way that Bad Bunny should should have went before this because again, it's just impossible to get excited for it. And then you have that finish, not even the unpredictable finish of maybe Solo lose or ooh the Usos lost. So oh man, what the hell Roman gonna do when he come back? So Solo still saves them once again, and we get the basically the same outcome we've been getting with a lot of teases and fakes and all of that, and it's just like. All right, I know Roman said after Mania it's going to be a slow cook, but I, you know, it's getting stale, man. It's getting stale. It really, really is. Uh, and again, they could have delivered the best match in the world and it'd be like, yeah, but we've seen it so many times. I mean, Jackson, what's your thought? Because again, Uso, Zayn and Owens and Bloodline is great, but come on, they've got to have another end game for Bloodline that doesn't involve these people facing off all the time. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that uh, Monty has said about um, just being, you know, ultimately predictable now. Like, we've got a lot of false finishes that we're just consistently getting, and it's kind of, like, getting to a point where I'm asking, have you got an end game for how things end with Roman and everything? Because if you're dragging this out 
um, and it's going to start to get painful, and I don't want it to. I mean, with regards to the match itself, it was a decent six-man tag. Did it need to actually be on Backlash or even after Bad Bunny's match? No, it didn't. It should have either gone before that or it just should have been on, on the SmackDown in San Juan before Backlash. It didn't. It really didn't necessarily need to be on there, especially when there was no sort of gold um, up for grabs here. It was just a six-man. Um, I also was just... Um, I agree with Monty. I was a little bit disappointed with the outcome because I was kind of like, well... Well, where are we going from here with the storyline? Because in my opinion, I was thinking that we're going to lose here and it was going to be one of those moments of, we haven't seen Roman as of yet since uh, WrestleMania and now we've got to come to, he's got to come back to this sort of loss. Like, you know, will things kick off and finally start to take things to an, an, an end from this as a result? But instead, again, it feels we're stuck in limbo by the end of this match. So... I really don't see where things are going. And also, James, I just need to actually point out being, um, you know, a sibling or one of four siblings. Jimmy knew exactly what went down between Solo and Jay. Jimmy Jimmy chose to ignore that because he was like, if I acknowledge it, these people are going at it right here, right now. So let's just go in and pretend that everything all cool, yeah? Until we get behind back where I can, like, rip these two apart. Yeah, no, Jimmy knew. With my sibling, Jimmy definitely knew. I always know when there's beef going on with my little sister and my twin. And every time there's beef going on, I'm sat there with popcorn like, what's going on, guys? What's going on? You know, I'm Switzerland, but I'm there with my popcorn watching. Jimmy knew. Yeah, Jimmy knew. Well, this is the thing. The, The problem is, and the reason predictions as well, as in reason why I went for bloodline over the faces is that they're not going to kick out the Usos from the bloodline. But the problem is the story with the Zane of, oh, he will, he won't he. It's like, I don't want another six months of, will Usos be kicked out or won't they be kicked? It's like, why does Reigns have to keep questioning them every week? You know, why can't we actually have like a United bloodline who's a strong foundation or faction at this moment in time. Like, you would think that they would have grown stronger with the betrayal of the outsider that they let in. You would think that. And again, part of me wants to be a bit angry at Solo because no offence to my cousins. I love you all a bit, cousins. But if my sister is actually bossing with cousin and willing to give me the thumb, bitch, I, I literally grew up with you. I've yanked your hair down that staircase so many times and you're going to choose me over our cousin. Like, literally, I don't know where Solo you think you're going, you know? It's, it's hilarious just to see this dynamic. And I actually, again, would have assumed that the bloodline would have actually grown stronger to be united mm-hmm. after being betrayed by this outsider. But no, no, Reigns just can't have it, can he? Uh, so Still better not. <laughs> two scores out of five, then. Monty, what would you score this out of five? Uh, let's see. I don't know what I put. I think, oh, okay, yeah. It was still a good, like, just talk about wrestling. I, I still wanted to give it, like, almost four. So I gave it, like, 3.9, I think. Three and a nine. Three and a nine. Yeah, you know, no. something like that. Jaxie, what about you out of five? Yeah, like I said, I still thought it was a, a pretty decent six-man tag, you know. Um, it just really had no no real legit context as to why it was being on Backlash. Um, but I still gave it three and three quarters. Yeah. Uh, Gina, what about you? 
I mean, I was happy to see Matt Riddle back and I'm happy to kind of see him in this funny scene with, you know, Kevin and Sammy and all the backstage fun, you know, Kevin getting annoyed with how cool and high into the clouds Matt Riddle is. That was, it's it's fun to watch. So I did give it a four, but I also was a little bit like, okay, can we get over this feud now? We need to move on from, like the tag story, title story needs to move on. So please, can it move on? Yeah, and we need Riddle and RVD as a team and to miss every title opportunity because they're backstage smoking. Just every match they're late for and stuff like that. Just build it up. Uh, I need uh, this. I need this. <laughs> just set for backstage. <laughs> do you think we need to do something, dude? I'm pretty sure we did, but I'm not sure. And then Adam Pearce is like, what am I going to do with you guys? Ooh. Anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, for, for me there... Uh, predictions, Gina and I did go for the bloodline. Monty and Jaxie went faces, so I'm on six. Monty, Jaxie, Gina on five as we head in to the main event. And it was a big showdown between Cody Rose and Brock Lesnar. Rose attacked the Beast and Carlet by hitting a suicide dive before he even made it to the ring. He seems to with the ring steps and the steel chair. The bell rang once they got the ring, obviously. Rose stayed on him and hit two disaster kicks in a row. He went for third, but Lesnar caught him and hit a German suplex. Once he was in control, the beast started taking him to Suplex City. Lesnar was busted open, uh, which, again, I've rerounded this to have a look, and it was hard way. And what I mean by hard way is that I don't think he cut himself. He just stuck his head into the turnbuckle, which is just fucking mental when you think about it. Uh, but anyway... Lesnar was bleeding. Rose wiped some of the blood on his chest. He hit a Cody cutter, followed by two crossroads, but Lesnar kicked out. A few moments later, it was Rose who had to kick out the F5. Lesnar had him locked in the Kimura, but Rose rolled him over into the pin to steal the win. Wow. Uh, I mean, Jaxie, I mean, what are your thoughts? Cody is still over. You know, anybody that was worried that he's lost at WrestleMania would stop his momentum. Just hear that woe from the crowd. Uh, but again, what do you think of this? Be- I, you know, I know some people loved it. Some people hated it. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you know, I didn't hate it. But um, I think I was really burnt out by the time it got to this match. Um, you know, Bad Bunny and Damien Priest really did kind of take up a lot of not just the audience's energy, but even just those at home watching their energy too. Um, And more than likely, uh, a lot of people from the UK may not have watched like everything um, that night. And, you know, on a Saturday night is sometimes a bit of a treat to have a a WWE pay-per-view. We can sometimes stay up later if we can. Um, and, and watch as much as we can. I thankfully got to see sort of the Bad Bunny match um, th- that evening, Saturday evening. Um, so coming back to on on the Sunday to going back through and watching uh, the Usos uh, match, and then this one, I, I, it wasn't it. I didn't have the same sort of like level of energy that I had when I was first watching like sort of the, the other matches that had taken place the night before. Um, but there was just like a certain level of sort of depletion that had gone gone in the audience. Like you could tell that they were a lot more tired uh, during this match. Um, 
or it was made a bit more obvious. And I, I don't know. I don't know if it was the ending. I don't know if the ending disappointed me or just annoyed me with like sort of like a roll up pin main event sort of like thing. You know, it is a bit of a weird one because, you know, I wanted to see this match. I think like, you know, what, what they were doing was great in the in in the match itself. But I also feel like um at, at this point, like I don't think I was as invested. Um, I think I was still more reading from and thinking about the Bad Bunny match um, during this. So for for the match to actually ultimately end up on a roll-up pin, it just kind of felt like, oh, well, what was the point on this being the main event then? Yeah. You know? Exactly. It's like, oh, fuck, this is not over. Like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of would have, like, just swapped um, Cody and Brock's match with Bad Bunny and... Um, uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest match around, so I had that third, then the Usos and Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn match, and then Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. Yeah. Um, because uh, again, I think like if if the ending was a bit more impactful, like it was a, a full on uh pinfall from like a, a finisher or something like that, there would have been like greater context to it because it's like great, that's over and done with this stuff. But we know we've got round two coming up now between this and it just felt like that you you ended, you know, such a great paper what I felt was a really great pay per view on a rolled up pin when you could have probably had it ending on Bad Bunny being the ultimate winner and just celebrating in the ring with all the luchadores and and, and Puerto Rico, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, that... that to me made most sense. So it, it ultimately, I felt a little bit disappointed by this match, and I don't. I think that if it was placed differently, I don't think I would have had the same level of disappointment for it. Yeah, excellent point there, uh, Gina. I mean, what were your thoughts on this? Because it was a great juice job by Brock, and he gave Cody more respect than most. You know, like we have seen Brock in the past with short matches, uh, but again, it wasn't bad. But as Jaxie said. We just know this feud is going to continue now. I mean, yeah, I definitely agree because I even commented on the match when I was watching it saying, oh, Brock's given Cody a lot of time in his match. Like, this is really good for Brock. I suppose he's got a bit of respect for Cody for letting him be in the ring with him for this long, you know, because we know that Brock usually calls the shots. No, I'm going first or last or that's it. Or, no, I'm facing this person, I'll give him eight minutes if that, you know, that sort of thing. So it was kind of nice to see, like, Brock be like, okay, give this time to to Cody. Mm. Um, It was a good match, and I was interested in this feud because on all of the Raw and SmackDowns, I've been very invested in it. But, again, I I have to agree with you guys. After the hype of Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, they should have done it the other way around, and it should have ended with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest because I kind of felt deflated watching this match. Um, and I didn't want to be. It was still a good match, so there wasn't anything for me to feel deflated about. But I just think that the hype was all surrounding this Bad Bunny match, and that should have been the main event. That It would have made a thousand more percent sense to do that it that way. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, aside from the fact that it was placed probably wrong in the card and the ending, I think, like, both of the wrestlers deserve better than just a rolled-up pin. Um, aside from that, it was a good match. I just don't think I was as invested because I was still thinking about the Damian Priest match. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Right, so scores out of five, then. Uh, Jaxie, start us off. What would you score the main event out of five? 
it's gonna it's gonna come across really bad, like in terms of how I've been really leveling up. But this to me just kind of was a bit of a de- defeat, uh, depleting match. I didn't really feel as invested, so I just gave it a three and a half. So fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Gina, what about you? I mean, I gave it a four. That's fair enough. But I'm now I'm kind of regretting it. No, a four would be fine. No, four's fine. fine. Monty, what about you? What were your thoughts on this main event? Because like I said, it is maybe fell a little bit flat in the end. Yeah, those are, those are the, my exact words about that finish. Uh, and it, it just like like we got we talked about it. You know, I don't want to make a uh, make a moot point, but Bad Bunny again. Uh, just again, you could just feel the effect of that match. Even on this, you know, this match was uh, short, but like you said, not a squash. But at the same time, I don't think Cody came away from it looking like a definitive or like a million bucks, like maybe you would hope. But at the same time, a roll-up finish like that or like the finish, even though I didn't really like it, it fell flat to me. Uh, it, Like you said, James, it sends the message that this is nowhere near, you know, over like you would expect. Even with, uh, at this point, I don't know if it was already announced, but like we didn't, I think, didn't we already know Cody would be in the triple threats at this point? I think, I, I don't know. But anyway, I don't know if it was announced or not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they announced announced. on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they announced on Saturday, but I could be wrong. I don't know if he announced who was in it. I don't it. know if he announced the, the triple card. threat matches. Yeah, so yeah, that's fair. Anyway, it, it, that's not the point. The point I was making about it is, is just that uh, even when you have that, you know, when you have a finish like that, it's just again, and then it's in the main event. Like you mentioned, deflating Jackson. You have a finish or something like that when you have uh, such a definitive, you know feel good moment earlier that could have finished it and you compare yeah. it to that right there it's just it's like ah you know they kind of yeah they kind of messed that Tyson up. Fury but, out to sing a you song know. shouldn't they yeah Tyson Fury right right Savio and Bad Bunny should have came out yeah Savio Bad yeah. Bunny Carlito should have just came back out and sung up Puerto Rico yeah. right you know. right Grab the mic and start performing Booker T or something. Just yeah, yeah. finish it like that. Yeah, lost frequency. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> anything. But yeah, uh, I, I I thought it was at least a little better than the Bloodline Riddle tag. So since I gave that three point nine, I, I, I ended up on four two. So four stars. Yeah. So uh, prediction wise, we all went Cody apart from Gina. So the final scores for Backlash: Gina. On five, Monty Jaxi on six, and me with seven out of seven, a perfect score. But you know, I don't like to go on. So oh, be... I'm just so gutted. Literally, gutted. I can I just need... smell, I can smell the big headedness swelling right now from James. Yeah, I just, I'm inflating. One off. I'm a little bit bitter. I'm not going to lie because it was really hard to choose between the bloodline and Kevin Owens and that. I really thought we were going to go with the sort of like the Usos are in real trouble sort of way. And it let me down. That storyline let me down and that let my score down. And one day, James, one day I will actually beat you. (laughs) One day. (laughs) Well, prediction leagues after that mean... WWE, Jaxie on zero, Gina Monty on two, I'm on three, and the bonus point league, Jaxie nine, Gina 11, Monty 12, and I am on 14. But 14. I, I won't worry, because in two weeks' time, 
we will be doing predictions <sighs> for not only <laughs> Night of Champions, but Double or Nothing and Double NXT nothing. Battlegrounds. We are going to have fatal three league points on the line in two weeks. Uh, so let's look at Backlash before we look forward to that. And of course, we've just got Rating Match and MVP. Um, so Match of the Night first. I mean, Gina... For you, you scored uh, Belair and EO, and of course, Bunny Priest, five out of five. Which one are you going to pick out of the two? I love my women, and you know I do. I, I got so much respect for them all, but I'm giving this one to Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. Yeah. Uh, Monty, what about you? Yeah, same, same answer. Got to go, got to go, with Benito. And Jackson, the same. Yeah, of course, definitely got to go with that match. Okay, again, another easy question for me. MVP, uh, who hasn't gone bad, Bunny? <laughs> Shall we say? Or, I mean, I don't know. Let's check. Jaxie, who's your MVP? I went with Bad Bunny, but I've given an, a special MVP to also Zelina Vega because I felt like she did uh, very very well in her match, um, and I felt like she improved a lot in terms of her wrestling. So I've given her an MVP as well. That's fair enough. Uh, Monty, who's your MVP? Yeah, Bad Bunny is definitely the MVP. Uh, I just, I, I would have put E, I would include EO, but it's like I already know she was this good. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to give it to Benito. <laughs> <laughs> and Gina, is Benito your MVP? Um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't decide out of either, so I put both Damien Priest and Bad Bunny. So, yeah, yeah. Do you know, I actually... still stick with them both because I think Damien did a really good yeah. Yeah. performance yeah. and keeping yeah. him safe. Yeah. We forget how my well, yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, no, great point. Yeah, yeah. that's what I went for. Um, so, and <laughs> everybody, we will start Monty with you out of 10. What was your rating for Backlash? Uh, uh, I think a solid eight probably would be where I lie. You know, most of it, I think you can kind of tell with the, how the predictions with, you know, it kind of books the, every match except the bloodlines match was booked like a show <laughs> pretty much. So, you know, uh, it, it was, it was a good time. And that's the thing about those shows at a special place. Maybe if I want to bring the crowd into it, I can creep up to an eight and a half, something like that, because the crowd by itself probably deserves some, some credit just for, like again, they made they made some pretty solid to basic matches even better, if you know what I mean. So yeah, uh that crowd like again, I could I like they literally had us people who from America saying WWE should do more premium live events out of the country. Like at, at this point, just do them all out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> like it was people saying that. So that's how great that crowd was. So yeah, uh yeah, man. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm gonna stick with eight though, because as much as I like, I'll come back for the bad bunny moment. It'll be special. Other than that, other than that, in the opening match for me, I don't know what else I would really need to revisit. Uh, Gina, what's your score out of ten? Um, I think there was like one or two matches that I wasn't the biggest fan of on the card, so I gave it an eight. Right, and Jackson, what about you? Rate backlash. I mean, I actually kind of really enjoyed Backlash. I think this may be one of the best 
backlash uh, pay-per-views we've ever had. Um, so I ultimately gave it an eight and a half overall. Um, but I do agree there were a couple of matches that really didn't need to be on there. No, but like you said, the crowd made a difference, didn't it? And this is what made, like you said, with backlash yeah. being the event after WrestleMania, but because of the Bad Bunny, mm-hmm. because of where it's set in, it made it feel a bit more special. Mm. I mean, could this event be skipped? Yes, you know, like you see, you can watch clips mm. from the Bunny and Priest and there was nothing else really mm-hmm. uh, considering. But again, would we be upset if this became a tradition for Backlash being Puerto Rico? Let's just been talk about. I wouldn't, I wouldn't oh, bother no, to. No, yeah. like... Definitely. So, I, yeah. I mean, I think that would be quite a, a good idea that, that they've got a great crowd over in uh, Puerto Rico. Um, and it, like you said, um, it really did also help add to the the event itself. Yeah, without showing that. So I'm going to give it an eight and a half. So overall, Backlash wasn't a bad show. Uh, so that's basically it. We're going to catch up with Raw and SmackDown and the World Title Tournament uh, on our night of champion show. That will be in two weeks' time. And we'll have a look at AEW and everything like that. But finally... Before we go, I haven't actually mentioned this, I don't think, to Jackson and Eugenia, uh, but I will now. I forgot to say, uh, we are all in. I didn't mention it, but we are actually are going to Wembley. I got the tickets. Hey, we're going to all in, everybody. Well done. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh, James. We need to come up with a plan of action because we will lose Gina to Ricky's We need a cameraman. We need a cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we did. We just got to keep an extra eye on her. Maybe put a leash on her during Ricky Stark's match, something like that. No, Otherwise, no, you know. already be backstage. <laughs> yeah, she's gone, Jackie. All right, she's gone. You just no, have to God. pretend Gina never existed. You've already lost me. Yeah. I'm already camping I'm looking forward to you guys so. turning to the, one of those dots out of the <laughs> seventy thousand or however many <laughs> dots. <laughs> wow, I'm gonna, gonna be say, a lot of people. Did you see us? <laughs> Do you see that little dot? <laughs> the white dot. Yeah, right. 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 I mean, Monty, to be fair, we probably will attempt another face call again when we get there. So do be prepared. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so exciting. Yay. Another trip out for the WNR team. Yeah. Uh, so, minus yeah. Monty, which is always sad, but we will eventually get there one oh, day. All of us oh, will be at a, a show it. together, and that will be exciting. Yeah. Like I said, anybody worried that the Dublin podcast is stopping? Not anytime soon. They can try to, you know, they can try, but it will not be successful. Uh, so that is it. Don't forget, we're across all social media Twitter at the Dublin Podcast. I'm at the Dublin JR. You can find the entire Dublin team on the Twitter banner. Monty, plug your stuff. Where can people find and listen to you? At MindMontyPod on Twitter. You can go to MindMonty on YouTube. Check out my latest stuff. Kind of on hiatus right now because the baby can come at any time. So you don't want to be sitting down podcasting and then somebody's, someone's water break and now the whole shit. That might be the greatest podcast the greatest ever the more I NXT think about it. Maybe, maybe I, of all time. <laughs> the greatest. Yeah. Never mind. Maybe I need to start back. Uh, but yeah. anyway. Halfway through. Oh, by the way, just got to go. I will catch up with you guys in a bit. Baby Monty's <laughs> on the way. You know, just have like a... <laughs> right. So, but yeah, check us out when you get a shot. We'll be back uploading hopefully uh, this summer. So, yeah. Bear with us all. <laughs> New parents. So bear with me. New parents. <laughs> uh, Jaxie, where can people find you? Um, I'm on both 
Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scarlet. And finally, Gina. Find me on the same at Purple Pain. With a double number also on YouTube. And with all latest clips and podcasts at the same time on YouTube, do SoundCloud on your phone. Also Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Like I said, next episode, the team is back in two weeks' time. We're going to have predictions for Night of Champions, Double or Nothing and NXT Battleground. Uh, I will bring you impact in the next 10 days. I'm going to get maybe yeah, two weeks. All right. As for NXT update, as you've just heard from Monty there, things at the moment, I'm not sure. <laughs> We are. We, we, we'll probably plan it for next we'll week, it out. but we'll see what happens. Like, if, yeah. What we know right. is all of yeah. us will be back together as a group in two weeks' time. But until then, I've been James Rollins, and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you for joining me, Jaxie. For I don't know how many WWE events you've done now, but it must be like mm. 30, 35, maybe more. I think one a I month bet. for three years. I can't do math, but. <laughs> I mean, I'm scared of James, you know, so <laughs> um, it's been fun as always. And I look forward to catching up with everyone um, in two weeks. Of course. And the mind of Monty. Monty, I know you've got a lot going on, so I appreciate any time that you can spare the team and the podcast. No problem. No problem. Uh, I want to say this also. Eight years ago, I was 19. So there you go. Fuck you. You've been doing this a long time. <laughs> <laughs> You've been doing this a long time, my guy. Do you know what? I started this pod when I was about that age. You know that. It was crazy. <laughs> it's been for a long time. For a long time. Uh, and, of course, the genius of Gina. I know you've only been here two compared to the three. But, as you know, you're the fan's favourite. <laughs> that makes me feel so special. But no, I think we're all the favourites apart from James. So I'm I'm appreciative though. Fuck you. Oh, sorry. That's it. That's God, this cough's going around here, isn't it? Oh my God. Well, I better, I better go. Your head is keeping first. you enough company. I think the nicest person to be on the pod has been Jaxie, and that's never happened. So we have made dubbing our podcast history today, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye.